This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Today is Tuesday, this is Ezebek, the weekly shiur, Rabban al-Pashat HaShavua, and this week's parsha is Parshat Shlach. The opening Ramban on the parsha addresses the famous and complicated and difficult question of the motivation of the Jews and the motivation of God and the motivation of Moshe Rabbeinu in sending the Meraglim, the spies, to Eretz Israel from their camp in the desert. The question is framed by the apparent differences or contradictions between the stories told in Pashat Shlach and the way the story is retold by Moshe Rabbeinu 40 years later in his summary in Sefer, in Sefer Dvarim. The most blatant difference is that our Pasha begins with the command of God. God speaks to Moshe and says, Shlach lecha anashim. The initiative is from God and it's a mitzvah. It's a command to do so. Whereas in Dvarim, Moshe Rabbeinu says that the Jews came to him and they said they want to send uh, Miraglim. And they demanded it and Moshe Rabbeinu agreed. The question is, who, who, who really initiated this and was it a mitzvah? Was it a chet? The very sending of the Miraglim was it a chet? Now, Magan, in the beginning of his uh, discussion, quotes Rashi, who is um, referring to the word Shlach Lecha Anashim. Very often you have verses in the Torah, uh, verbs, which come together with the word Lecha. Ramban, in fact, has stated elsewhere that he suspects there's no particular meaning. He knows there are Drashat, there's always a Drashat Chazal, but he thinks it just means, you know, means really do it. You do it. Instead of saying you do it, it says do it for you. But of course, there's a drashav chazal, and he quotes, Rashi quotes the Midrash, which says, Shlach lecha anashim, send people for you, lidda'atcha, meaning it's not a command at all. It comes to cancel, to negate the commandment nature of this person. God said, Send if you want. Lecha means according to your own mind, according to your own choice. If you choose to do so, you can send, you may send. It's permission, but not a command. Ani Im shlach. Why would God say that? Once you make that shot of the Pasuk, you are required to offer now an explanation how a Pasha can begin by God saying, if you want to do it, do it. There has to be some preliminary discussion here. And the Midrash explains, There's is a quote of the Pasuk in Sefer, in Sefer Dvarim. Perek Aleph, Pashat Dvarim. And they said, let us send people. They said that to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe came to speak to God. He came to consult. The words of Rashi say, Nimlach Bishchina. The people said to Moshe, let's send spies. Moshe didn't answer yes or no. He went to consult with God. And God's answer was now the words of our Pasha. Amar, Ani amarti lehem shehi tova, shenamar ele etchem meoni mitzrayim el eretz tova, chayihem sheni noten lemakom litot badavar, bidvar amaglim, leman lo yushua. The way Rashi brings the Midrash is that the answer is is critical. Shlach lachan Hashem. Moshe comes to God and says, you know, the people want to send spies. And God says to them, 
in, in effect, he says, to, I don't know if it's meant to be explicit, it's, it's encapsulated in these words. I've told them that it's a good land. As it says, that was way back when they were still in Egypt. So what are they checking now? God takes an oath. I will give them room to mess themselves up. In other words, the sending of the spies is a very dangerous thing for the spiritual status of the Jews. God is aware, not just because he knows the future, but he's saying it's it's a risky adventure. Because in fact, the land of Israel needs to be conquered militarily, and there are powerful kings and armies there. And I know the Meraglim will come back and perhaps give them a negative report. What will be then? But since they asked, I will... In modern English, it's called, I will give them the rope to hang themselves. In other words, God is basically displeased by the request. It's an improper request because they know the answer to the question. They know it's a good land and it's been promised to them. It's an improper request. And therefore, the very request shows a measure of doubt. And where there's doubt, there is room, large room, and danger for falling into the doubt. And that's all encapsulated in the word Shlach Lecha Anashem. I'm not telling you to do it. It's a bad thing. God isn't commanding to do a bad thing. But I permit you to do it. Why would God permit them to do a bad thing? A dangerous thing? A spiritually dangerous thing? Because Baderech Shadam Holech Molichim Oto. If you if you choose badly, then yes, God allows you to dig the grave deeper, to dig the hole deeper into which you will jump. Okay, the Ramban is basically going to... I'm not going to read the whole Ramban. It's a very long Ramban. The Ramban is going to basically disagree with the, with the, the atmosphere of this, of this comment. Namely, that sending spies was in fact bad, and God really didn't concur despite the Pasuk, send. He wasn't really in pain. The man has a number of questions. First, he says, why, why did Moshe agree? If God said to him, you know, I'm sending them there for their own perdition, why did he do it? Pasuk says, Vayitav over there, back in Devarim. Moshe says, and I approved it. And then the Rabbi looks at the language of the command that Moshe Rabbeinu given in our Pasha, where Moshe tells them to see if the land is good or bad, meaning rich or, or poor. If Moshe Rabbeinu had told them, that was the whole point, he had told them in God's name that it was a good land, why is he telling them now to check? He's like encouraging them to be doubters, to be scoffers, to check up on God's, on God's word. Why would Moshe Rabbeinu do that? Secondly, it turns out that everything that Maraglim said was exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu told him to say, or to check. And here's other questions. The man goes on and on and on. And then he starts to, then he starts to answer. And as we, we often see in the Maban, he has more than one answer. He has one answer, then he has an amended and corrected answer. So I'll do the first one quickly, because I really want to get to the second one. But there's a connection, so I have to read them both. The man says like this, Aval. 
יישוב העניין בזה. The answer to this whole problem is, כי ישראל אמרו, כדרך כל הבאים להילחם בארץ נוכריה ששולחים לפניהם אנשים לדעת הדרכים ומבוא הערים. Any people who come into a strange land will send somebody ahead of them, scouts. The word spy sounds negative to you? We'll call them scouts. You send scouts ahead of you to know which way to go. And when they come back, they tell the army which, how to, how to, how to, how to uh, operate. It's espionage. It's information gathering. It's perfectly normal. And again, in the Pasuk, in the Varim, when the people come to Moshe Rabbeinu, they say, they will tell us, et haderech asher na'aleba. They'll tell us which path, which road to go on. In other words, it's a practical, normal, natural operation done before attacking an objective. You have to know how to do it. And then Rabban says explicitly, This is a proper suggestion. Remember Moshe Rabbeinu, 40 years later, before he was about to enter, Yeshua will be the one to do it, he is about to enter Eretz Yisrael. I'm sorry, uh, before that, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he conquers the land of Og, it says, And Yeshua also sent spies, Moshe sent spies to the land of Og, Yeshua sent, sent, sent the two spies, in the beginning of Sefer Yeshua. It's really a good thing. So Moshe Rabbeinu approved it. There is no hidden agenda on the part of the people to somehow check up on God's word or to consider the possibility at this point of not conquering the land at all. They are going to conquer the land and they want to know the best way to do it, which is perfectly normal. Why? If God promised them, so what do they have to worry about anything else? The Ramban gives an important and famous theological assertion about the ways of man, the ways of God. The fact that God told you that you are going to the land of Israel and you will conquer it does not permit you to ignore the practical ramifications of how to do it. The verses and God do not rely on miracles. God commands the psukim of how to conquer Eretz Yisrael, command the warriors. He requires them to strengthen themselves. To take protective measures. Again, what's the theological uh, uh, problem here? If I take protective measures, doesn't that show lack of faith in God? My man says, no! No! God would t- tells you what to do, but now you have to find the natural means to fulfill it. Which means to, to, set a, uh, to set a trap. Meaning to be, what it means is it means to have clever tactics. And he proves it from Milchemet Ha'ai. The second battle in Eretz Yisrael by the Ai, where the eventual victory was achieved again by a clever tactic. There was a feint and, a, and, a, and, a, and an ambush, and many other places. So the people came to Moshe Rabbeinu and they said, uh, uh, not, "Not only has the Ramban said it's not a sin, he's turned it on its tail. 
He's saying the Jews know they're going to Eretz and they're eager. And they're saying, oh good, let's start making preparations. To make preparations for doing a mitzvah is very good. It's a mitzvah. And that's the status, that's the state of the people when they asked to send the, uh, the spies. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu agreed. And then Moshe Rabbeinu, in fact, did go to God as the Midrash, which Rashi had quoted, said, came to God to, to consult. And God said, yes. God agreed and said, and you'll use that information that you'll get to decide how to conquer the land, please. It's a wonderful idea. Okay, the Rabbanim, on the basis of this, now I'm going to skip. The Rabbanim, on the basis of this, explains the particular words Moshe Rabbeinu uses. Why is he telling to check the fruits, for instance? It's not connected to this military espionage mission. So he says, okay, but Moshe Rabbeinu was also using it as a means of encouraging the people by giving them uh, uh, not just military intelligence, but but uh, a picture of how good the land is. The man has a point which we mentioned many, many weeks ago, a similar point, in the end of Sefer Shemot. He says, after all, you know, it's true that Mitzvahim is only seven days from Eretz Canaan. And therefore, everybody in Mitzvahim knew that Eretz Canaan was a very rich and wonderful land. But, you have to remember, Remember, the Jews were slaves. Rabban has this point a number of times. Remember, it's important to realize that the Jews were not exactly like us. They had spent the previous 200 years in slavery. And Rabban understands that to mean, he pointed it out over there, in the end of, uh, in Pasha Toma, that there was field slavery. Back-breaking labor. They were ignorant. Rabban there says that no one, you should not expect the Jews to have been silversmiths or other skills. Because they didn't have skills. They were, they were beasts of burden. Lo yadu lo yavinu. They didn't know geography. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to, because they themselves are so eager to go, he wants to encourage them even more. That you should see, with samcham, he says, not to encourage them. They're going to do it anyhow. They're good people. They want to fulfill their destiny and conquer to sell. But he wants them to be happy about it. If they would see the rich fruits, they, they will be more, more enthused, psychologically. No matter what your head tells you, it helps to have your heart or your, in this case, your eyes, see the fruits of the land. A. B. The Ramban now begins to correct. The idea of consulting with God is not found at all in the Pasuk. It's not even hinted at. That was the Midrash. It derives from that that they, the Jews, asked, Pashat Varim, Pashat Shlach, God commanded. How do you put the two together? The Jews asked, Moshe Rabbeinu took their words to God, and then God commanded. Okay, now the man changes the Pashat a little bit. In my own personal opinion, the, the verse does not support this idea that Moshe Rabbeinu consulted. So why then did God command send Miraglim? Here, the man has a very, very interesting idea. The people decided to send Miraglim. They didn't need to consult God. They made a decision. It was a practical decision. Political decision. It was perfectly okay. How would that normally be done? So, Ramban suggests you should send two spies. After all, it's a secret mission. The words of Ramban, Ramban likes to hint at what he's saying. Vaya b'minhag, 
the normal course should be, sheishachu bet anashim maraglim cheresh leimor. This is a quote of Pasuk in Yeshua. Yeshua sent two spies, cheresh leimor. The leimor says what their mission was. So man is quoting the whole Pasuk, so you know where he gets it from. But the word cheresh here means secret. Spies are secret agents. Twelve people is a bit, a bit heavy. They should send two secret spies. And if only a few, or not, not all twelve, one or two people should go. God commanded Moshe Rabbeinu without being consulted. God initiated. God broke in to this discussion which didn't need to involve him. The Jews had the right and the obligation, perhaps, to make their own practical plans. Hashem hayodeha atidot. God knew the future, meaning he knew that there's a problem here. That there could be a problem here. Hu tziva, God commanded to send one man from each tribe. B'shuyu im shebahem. Pasuk says that these were the leaders of the tribes. The spies shouldn't have been leaders. They're spies. They're professionals. You don't send your leader to be a spy. God commanded to send 12, and they should be the leaders. Ki Hashem shavim ba'inyan kol ha'gidolim. God wished that there should be unity, that they should all, all the gidolim, all the leaders of the people, should be involved and equal and in common in this matter. Maybe that would be a reason for them to repent and not do what they eventually did. Which is to give the bad, slanderous report about Eretz Yisrael. And if they don't do tshuva, but they do come back with the report which we know they came back with and the people listen to them, that then the punishment, the decree, should be in common for all of the people. And that's why it was done al pi Hashem. It was their own idea. God changed the idea, hoping to make it better, but in totality, the mind's idea is a little bit different. God made it into a common mission of the leaders of the people, so that in the end, either they will all do tshuva, or they will all together share in the fate of this mission. In other words, God turned it into a national state, and not a private problem for the individual miraglim who will go. Very interesting idea. Ramban is saying that God deliberately set it up so that this won't be a minor story, but will involve either the Jews setting out to conquer Israel or the Jews turning their backs as a whole, bishaveh, in common, on their divine destiny. God has made it into a crucial step in hope for the good. He hoped that they would do tshuva, but if they don't do tshuva, then it will be also all of them. And therefore, how do you do that? By raising it from a private mission of the elite reconnaissance unit of the Israeli army 
to a delegation of the leaders of the people representing Ish Echad, Ish Echad Mikon Matot Yisrael. Every party, every tribe will be represented. Therefore, what's going to happen is going to be an act of Klal Yisrael. That doesn't explain why God wanted that. Other than the fact that he says he helps to do tshuva, but he's obviously saying more. Apparently, it's important. God seizes the opportunity presented because they themselves wanted a sense bias for perfectly good reasons. God seizes the opportunity to a kind of nisayon, a kind of test for all of Israel. Will they march to conquer the land or will they turn their backs? Rabbi adds another point. And when I read the pshat of the pasuk, I have, it appears to me that. When God, now, he's accepting the basic principles that the Chazal said here, that the pasha in Devarim takes place before the pasha in Shlach. The people first did it themselves, they came with the idea, Moshe Rabbeinu agreed, and then God spoke. So he says, oh, I didn't, Moshe didn't come to God. But God is speaking in response, in reaction to the development of this idea. But why doesn't Apostle say that? Why didn't God say to Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, you've asked or you've suggested, and this is my response. It's completely hidden in Shlach. As though you wouldn't go from Shlach that it took place. So he says, explains why. God didn't mention any of these preliminaries which took place, which is described in Pashat Devarim. And, and if... Uh, if, if God had mentioned it to Moshe Rabbeinu, it would be, it would be explicit in the Pasuk, here in Pashat Shlach. And the reason is, because he says, the Jews asked, Moshe Rabbeinu agreed. And then God came to Moshe and spoke, Stam, didn't mention the people. God commanded as though they hadn't asked. He pretended he didn't know they asked. It was a totally new thing. Why? He includes the previous point. God switched it to be the Gdolim, the leaders, and all of them, but also He made it into a mitzvah. He was, it's the exact opposite of Rashi's Pshat. He's not agreeing grudgingly, okay, if you want to do it, you do it. God said, I know they want to do it. I'm commanding you to do it. Because if it's a mitzvah, again, he hopes that they'll take it more seriously. If God has commanded it, then chafetz Hashem, the man go. God wishes that people be righteous and not be, and not sin. And therefore, this was the device that God said to them, forget their request. I'm commanding you to do it. And sometimes, you know, you have these situations where I know you want something and therefore, I'm my children. I, who pretend I don't know they want it, I'll command them to do it. Why? They should have, they should think they're doing it for me. Here, God says psychologically, if they do it because I commanded it, hopefully, that'll lead to tshuva. They'll do a much better job. If they're doing it on their own, then perhaps they, because of their nature, because of the people who go, they'll be overly impressed by this evil thing or the might of the people there, the giants, all those things that take place later on. But if I tell them to do it, and... Don't say, I'm accepting their idea. It's my idea. So, they're basically good people after all. They are, these are the leaders of the Jews. 
they will do it mitoch kedusha. You know, you have a different attitude when you do something because you think you're an emissary of God or because you're emissary of the Jews. Emissary of the God, you wear God's eyes, God's spectacles. Emissary of the Jews, you wear their their glasses. Of course, it didn't work. But all this was done. The, 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 what the man is here is saying is that there's a contradiction between Tunif and Pashiach. Terrible thing, contradictions. We look for ways to resolve them. The man says, no, the contradiction is important. Because our Pasha is written in deliberate ignorance of the Pasha in Tvarim. There, Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Jews what they did. So he rubs it into them, how you asked for this and then you messed it up. Our Pasha is talking from God's perspective. And here God says, Forget the fact I asked. Don't mention it. I don't want to mention it. I'm pretending I, I'm trying to, to, to erase the fact they asked. I want them to accept upon themselves the yoke of heaven and not the practicalities that Moshe Rabbeinu had described before, that the Ramban described before. And it is a practical, and it's good that it's practical. They're not, they're not Rishayim. It's a, it's a good thing to be practical. But God nonetheless tries to transform it from a practical mission into a religious mission on the assumption, the belief that a religious mission has a greater chance of success psychologically because of, again, the perceived difficulties that God knows when they, when they meet reality. And to shield them from meeting reality, He tries to over, oversheen the view with a patina of religious fervor. In other words, very interesting idea that Ramban has here. I think the explanation is as follows. The Jews are living in the desert. They're living in a dream world. They get man every day. They have amud anan, amud esh. They have a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke before them by day and by night. God says to them, go conquer Eretz Canaan. They don't think it's hard. But when they meet reality, even though they've been promised and there's no question that it's going to be successful, it's going to be quite a shock. The fact that they want to send spies is a good thing. On the other hand, God is very doubtful. I think both because He knows the future and because He knows the people. God has serious question as to whether or not it's going to be a good thing. The reality check, seeing real soldiers, as it turns out, giants, powerful soldiers, real countryside, real cities, real fortifications real difficulties, God knows that even though, as Ramban has stressed, Jews at this point bear no signs of impending crisis. Ramban is telling us there's no contradiction. Their wholehearted desire to enter Eretz Israel was based to a certain extent on their lack of experience. And therefore, overnight, in one second, it can be turned into despair. If it were a hard-boiled determination to struggle and conquer Eretz Yisrael, there'd be no problems. But, in fact, their whole hard determination to conquer Eretz Yisrael is based on the fact that they've never seen it. The method that God proposes to protect the Jews from their own good intentions is an interesting method. And an interesting point. It undoubtedly could work Although, I think that anyone who studies Jewish history knows that it doesn't always work. The method was to make it into a religious mission. Crusaders are more enthusiastic and perhaps less practical, less impressed by practicalities than regular practical people. 
If the Jews think, the Nuraglim think, that they're on a mission from God, they'll see it better. They won't see the difficulties. You cannot ignore the fact, Maban doesn't need to mention it, that it didn't work. The method didn't work. The Nuraglim went and they came back and they said, we saw the difficulties and it can't be done. Maban later on explains that we're in the, in the, in the Muraglim's uh, message. Where was the Chet? After all, they just said Moshe Benu told them to say, and they said it's a good land, it's a good land. They said the people are, are powerful. God's, Moshe said they should find the word they're powerful, not either. He says it's in the word Ephes. Ephes. Ki azam. The word Ephes doesn't mean nothing. It means impossible. And that they shouldn't have said. They not only saw the difficulties, they were overwhelmed by them. What about God's method? They're religiously motivated. They have religious fervor. They're, they're kanayim. They're fanatics. They're full of religious, the voice of God. Shouldn't that have distorted the reality? I, I think it should have. We know it works sometimes. It didn't work this time. Reality cooled them down, overcame them. They came back, their tails between the legs. They told the Jews what they saw, and they went out of their way. Two months later on, they also lied eventually. The Jews, in fact, according to the Ramban, I'm, I'm skipping a little bit, the Ramban says later on that when they first came back and told the reports, the Jews didn't even get depressed. Immediately, they read the Pasha, they get the report, Kalev and Yoshua said, we can do it. And the Ramban says, and the people believed Kalev more or less. They had some fake out, but they weren't overwhelmed. So that night, they went from house to house to Mavagdim and they began to lie. And they said, it can't be done. We know it can't be done. And they're much more mighty than us. And they worked and worked and worked until they broke the, the, the people. And man has a real interest here to present the Jews as being, I wouldn't call them tzaddikim. They're on the right track to begin with and they're, they're not the Maraglim. The Maraglim are overwhelmed by what they see and they spread Interesting terminological distinction the makes between lahavidiba and lahotzidiba. Yosef hevidiba he brought slander about his brothers. The Muraglim, Hotsiu Deba. They spread out Deba. Ramban says, Lohavi Deba could be the truth. Meaning, the Deba existed in the fields where the brothers were. And Yosef brought it to his father. Lohotsi Deba is to take it from your heart, from inside your own imagination. And to take it out into the real world. It's to take something from your imagination to the real world. Yosef brought from the real world to his father's consciousness. The Muraglim brought from their consciousness something which didn't exist in the real world. It was only in their minds. They had seen things which weren't really there. Not really. And Hemotzi would say they made it real for, for the people. All this, God had, our Pasha in the beginning is God's method. One, a mitzvah. Two, the Gdolim. Three, all of Israel. We raise it to a national thing. Again, we're much more fervent, much more ideological, much more committed when it's something on a national level than if it just been for me. For me, I have to be careful. I need insurance. But if it's for the people, then I have, I have faith and I, I, I get patriotic. I get religious. I get patriotic. It's for the people. It's for God. And they themselves are the gdolin. They have responsibilities. And they're used to having responsibilities. and know that they're leaders. And yet, none of this None of this worked. They came back and they said, 
it can't be done. We will not fulfill God's command. Not only is it a bad land, but we will not do that which God has commanded us to conquer the land. It cannot be done. Ramban mentions before he finishes, before I finish, he mentions that there is a uh, opinion in Chazal. Uh, the language of the Medrash which Rashi brought suggests that the very request was improper, which Ramban has denied. And he asks himself, what did Chazal mean? Why was it improper? And he basically says the opposite of what he said when he, in his own opinion. The Chet was, according to Chazal, since they had seen in the Midbar that God had led them successfully everywhere, they should have simply followed the Anand, followed the pillars into Israel, and not try to plot the best way to conquer themselves. In other words, the very request to be practical was a chet. Ramban has denied that. Says the request to be practical, but he, he admits that there is an opinion in Chazal that says that in this case, not in my case or your case, but in their case, after having experienced a year of divine guidance, they should not have been practical at all. They should simply have followed in the footsteps of that where God takes them. Shama haruach wherever the wind, meaning the wind of God, would take them, that's where they should have gone. Ramban is always honest about these things. He presents this opinion, but he's just devoted his entire previous 30, 40 lines to basically undermining this opinion, which has a basis in, in Chazal. That's it for today. I think this Ramban, aside from being an interesting shot, an important shot here, uh, has raised uh, definitely an important theological issue. But also an important uh, educational issue. In other words, God's plan as the Ramban uncovers it. God attempts to hijack a mission, which is itself innocent, but dangerous. He attempts to hijack it and force it to operate on a better level. It's an interesting statement about God. It's an interesting statement about the method, giving something a, a more exalted framework draws out from the participants a greater degree of responsibility, a better eye, a more higher sense of commitment. And I repeat once more an interesting point about its nonetheless ultimate failure. Is that in fact, is this method that good? Is this method infallible? For sure not. And why does the method work sometimes and not other times? And that's all we have the time we have for today. We'll be back next week. With next week's Pasha, until then, call to from KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzay Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim.